Celestial Perspective Podcast, bringing you a fresh perspective on the Celestial Church of Christ. Hallelujah, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Celestial Perspective Podcast, where we bring you a fresh perspective on the Celestial Church of Christ. My name, as you know, is Joseph Erile, and I'd like to introduce my co-host, beautiful Ikosola. Thank you. So we'd like to begin with a run-through of um, a brief bio of our guests, our fathers in the house. First with um, Daddy KH. He is the founder and president of Shadaiville Ministries. He's the chairman of Celestial Seminary International, as well as a prophet and most superior evangelist of the Celestial Church of Christ. He's the shepherd in charge of the Praiseville Global, a life chairman of the life chairman of Ephatha Crusade of CCC Worldwide, life patron, prophets council. The list is endless, honestly. If I start now, I won't finish. But he's an iconic member and shepherd in Celestial Church. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Oye Kansala. And also with him, we have Prophet Oye Great, who is a preacher of the gospel of Christ, lover, custodian, and teacher of God's word. He is a prophet, a relationship coach, marriage counselor, mental health therapist, and a professional family life practitioner. And I have personally been under his teaching recently, just a few days ago. Um, welcome, sir. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Yukosala. I would like to hear Oyukon's voice. Say something, please. Hi, Joseph. Hello, dear. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome on the show, everyone. We are so elated to be on another episode of the Celestial Perspective Podcast, where our major goal is to set things right in the fold and to try our best to right the wrongs that have been running around the church. And we hope that you enjoyed this particular episode. Let's go. I have a funny phrase. Elephant in the room. Elephant in the room. So we're here to drag elephants in the room. Who will suffer for it? <laughs> the floor. Today's topic is marriage, divorce, and polygamy. And you know, it's a very, um, it's a topic that comes to home. And um, we want to start with addressing certain, you know, fundamental issues. Papa Oshofa, the founder of Celestial Church of Christ, was a polygamist. And so what moral grounds do we have in this church to dissuade members of this church from polygamy? Is there any moral ground at all? Well, firstly, what makes us a Celestian first is um, receiving the life of Jesus Christ. And um, this Bible we talk about is not actually a religious book. Miles Moreau says it's a constitution. And of every organization, every country has their own constitution. So as a child of God and the kingdom of God, we are bound by the constitution, which is the Bible. So we are to live our life according to the constitution of the kingdom, which is the Bible. So everything that has to do with us has to be guided and, and led by the written word, which is the constitution. So the, the question now is, what is our constitution, which is the Bible, uh, says about polygamy? What is uh, the constitution? What is the perspective of the Bible to us? All right, I'll tell you a few things that the Bible says about polygamy. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the patriarchs in the Old Testament were polygamists, either by accident or, uh, you know, by, by, or they purposely did it. You can start with um, Abraham. 
I, I was expecting that anyway. Okay. Um, okay, I think Isaac escaped it. Coming to Jacob. All right, Jacob had maybe four wives, maybe two wives and circumstantial wives. <laughs> they dive to Solomon. And, and then let's go all the way to the middle of the, the Old Testament. Is that Solomon had, women? Is that Solomon? polygamy? What is it? We need to invent another word for that. I don't know. Now, <laughs> some of the kings of Israel didn't just have wives. They had concubines in their hundreds. Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Let's not even go to how he satisfied them <laughs> because we don't know. You know? <laughs> um, so throughout the Old Testament, we had patriarchs and kings who had multiple wives. And remember that God told David after he killed Uriah and took Bathsheba to be his wife. He said, I give you the house of your master, Saul. I give you everything in his household. And even if you wanted more, God was talking about wives, I would have given you. So this is God saying, David, if you wanted more wives, I would have given you more wives. Why did you go and take that one wife that belonged to another person? So this was God saying that I didn't have problems or I don't have problems with giving you more wives. What I have problems with is you taking another man's wife. So where do we go from there? All right. Uh, I think um, what we need to understand is um, we need to understand the Bible itself, um, history, and we need to understand what culture is. Now, you were using an example of Abraham and Lex like that. Um, they have their culture. Now, the first thing I need to, the first impression I need to correct is because um, something happened does not mean God um, was the ultimate will of God. Yes. Now, if, if you go back to the book of Matthew 19, um, a case happened about divorce. And uh, the Pharisee was trying to ask Jesus Christ, uh, when do we divorce our, our, our wife? And Jesus Christ was taking them back to the beginning, the, the, the design of marriage, that it is Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve's. That was a design of marriage. And if you remember that, uh, God designed marriage when everything was fine, before sin, everything was fine. So, now the next question they, uh, they had Jesus Christ was, then why did Moses tell us to divorce our, our, our wife? Because of your stiff nakedness. So what I'm trying to say is this, but the, the word I want to use there is, uh, Lord Jesus Christ said, it was not so from the beginning. So uh, if we are to look at the, the design of marriage and the heart of God, it was not so. So let me come to daddy. Because daddy's silence is very loud. I want to ask you, Daddy, from everything that he has said and we, the, back and forth, are we saying that anybody who is in polygamy is not in the will of God? Is that what we're saying? Thank you very much. Uh, and I want to commend Oye Great. He stylishly avoided <laughs> saying anything about Papa. Um, let, let, I'm sure that I share the thoughts of all of us on set that um, the commission of God in Papa's hand was too great for any one of us today in Celestial Church to want to misapply our thinking, our words in any way that can tarnish the image of that colossus of a man. So I'm going to respect that, but I will address the issue of polygamy. All right, sir. Oh, you said something really, really correct. Our constitution, our manual in Celestial Church is not our hymn book. It's not our liturgy. It's the Holy Bible. Is it the constitution? 
You know, we have a book called Constitution. No, right. no, no. no. <laughs> Our Christian Constitution yes, is I, not I wanted, a blue book. I wanted book. that clarification. That's why yes. I asked. That manual, without it, it means we cannot call ourselves Christians. And if we will not call ourselves Christians, we have no right to call ourselves Celestians. We are supposed to be celestial Christians, Christians in celestial church. And that's it for all branches of the body of Christ. You're first Christian before you're a member of a denomination. Now, if we're going to look at the issue of polygamy, the master said, the perfect example, what you're talking about now was not so. That perfect example, let's go to the very beginning. And the very beginning of marriage was Adam and Eve. God did not just theorize about marriage. He took us into the laboratory. He demonstrated what he wanted for marriage. So sorry, sorry to jump in there, sir. So what you're telling us, what, uh, because this is fast becoming a teaching session. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what you're, what you're teaching us or what you're telling us is the original divine design of God for marriage is between one man and one woman. I am not trying to tell us. I am affirming that <laughs> okay. it was. Okay. You understand? Um, you know, the Old Testament was the foundation for the New Testament. That's why Jesus said he wasn't rubbishing anything from the past. He was only helping us to understand that foundation. That foundation about marriage is not polygamy. Otherwise, God would have created two Eves. That foundation is not about homosexuality. Otherwise, God would have created Adam and Steve. Okay. That foundation was not about lesbianism. Otherwise, it would have created why Eva. You, why did you Eve. say Steve? Sir? Why not a maker or... No, no, no. I'm going with the rhyme. Read them. Kolawale will not rhyme with Eve. Oh, I see. <laughs> Steve. All right. Oh, 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 oh. I got that. Right. I got that. Ah, uh, Joseph, you should know. I'm with you, sir. <laughs> if God had allowed bestiality, he would have created Eve and Bingo. I see. So God gave us the perfect example. And that was why when Adam opened his eyes from the slumber of surgery, he immediately said, she shall be called woman for she is taken out of me. So once a man marries wrongly, he will test other marriage situations to try and put right his first mistake. That is what polygamy is, a mistake. Okay, so you were talking about polygamy in the cultural context. We know as Africans that um, you know polygamy is part of our culture, aboriginally. Some would even argue that polygamy is fundamentally human behavior. Every certain people would say every king, every earl, every man of some form of you know high reputation had more than one wife. So. What, what, what your uh, daddy has established is it, it's, it's not fundamentally the perfect will of God for anybody to have two wives. But um, I think some of the confusion comes from when God calls a man, even after he has had multiple wives. For instance, uh, many people would say, if God found it wrong to have multiple wives, he wouldn't call Papa Shafa after he already had three wives. And I also heard a pastor saying that he was preaching to the, you mentioned Miles Moreau, I'm, I'm quoting Miles Moreau. He said that he had a meeting with the queen, the king of Swaziland. And um, the king of Swaziland is polygamous. 
And then the man at the time had eight wives. And, said, and he said, okay, I have eight wives. What should I do? Should I forsake seven of them? And so um, Miles Morales told, told him, look, I don't know, but this is what the Bible says. I don't know. I'm not telling you what to do, but this is what the Bible says. So in the case of someone who has multiple wives, is, is the advice for him to shed his house back to the the uh, <laughs> the constitutional requirement of family as as regards the kingdom of God. What exactly is the solution? Because many have married, like Daddy said, by mistake. You know, many many have become polygamists, be, not because they started out intending to be. What what can you? I think infer the, um, or prefer bringing as? this to our fold. I think the first thing. Um, everyone that has done such a mistake needs to uh, do is to admit it. We have shepherds who say, God told me, and I'm not saying this, I'm just, I'm not saying this lightly. I'm saying it because I know. God told I've me. I've heard a shepherd say, And this was a man who already had a wife, or um, maybe two wives at the time. I, I don't really know. I don't want to say what I'm not sure of. But what I'm sure of is he was already married and he said, and he has married multiple women like that. So, I would say categorically that that's not the voice of God. No, I think I don't want I don't want to go in your direction because we might just now. The reason why I'm saying that is um, pause, um, pause, okay. pause. I want to hear that is laughing beside <laughs> me. I don't know <laughs> whose report shall we believe, God or that shepherd? Hmm. God demonstrated that polygamy is a mistake, regardless of any culture in any part of the world. And, and I, I don't want us as Christians to accept that the African culture promotes polygamy. No. Those who made mistake in the African culture have promoted polygamy. And that's why when you were citing instances in the Bible, we saw a man from the same household by which is God Describe himself. He says, what shall I call you when I get to Egypt? And God said, call me God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. God, call me God of the polygamist as well as the monogamist. Okay. However, he had already given us the perfect example of marriage. So there is the perfect will of God. There is a permissive will of God. Yes. He would allow us to make our mistakes. We will not escape the consequences, consequences of our of mistakes. mistakes. Mm. <laughs> in every household where polygamy has been established, you don't need a microscope to see all the mistakes there. So you said something about honesty, that anyone who has made this mistake should be honest enough to say I made a mistake. I found many elderly polygamists, my father being one of them, who always emphasize, I would say this in Yoruba, then probably when you can help me translate to English. This is how he says it. Anyone that wants to like be successful at this at this spiritual work, or what's the God's work, God's work, or ministry, um, accumulate wives. Now this this was a man who was a shepherd. It was a man who was anointed by God. His anointing was was not in question. I testify. (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. Uh, and you know he he brought himself to be able to be honest enough to say, look, this was a mistake. 
I think you have many shepherds like you that. You see, uh, the um, error keep repeating itself when we try to um, edit or part of um, your mistakes in the name of um, spirit, Holy Spirit. For instance, the, um, uh, the example you use about um, a man that said, God told me, I am a prophet by grace and my father is also one. And that tells you that uh, you can hear so many words. Does not say it's coming from God. You can see um different visions. That does not say no because you give you have accurate. To discern the voice. Yeah, because you give accurate prophecy does not mean it's coming from God. There's a particular girl that saw Paul moving from a, a place and he was prophesying that these are men of God. That was an accurate prophecy. But actually, it was not from the spirit of God. So what I'm trying to say is this, you need to, now, and let us talk about this prophecy because I've heard these cases of um, prophecy and marriage, the place of prophet, prophecy and marriage. Now, when you have a prophecy personally or revelation, whatever things, I think the first thing we need to do is what we call Bible as a test. Bring that prophecy, revelation or whatever it is, and sit with it with the scriptures. Because the Bible says God is not an author of confusion. The same God that speaks is the same God that is still speaking and his words is yes and amen. So what I'm trying to say is if God says, um, my design is one man, one wife, he can't come and change his mind because of any other thing now. Sorry, sir, to cut you, to cut you short. Do you mean that um, if God says one man, one wife, any other, any other individual is not suitable for anybody? Like, if, if God says, okay, this is my husband, and God forbid something happens before the wedding day, do I remain unmarried for the rest of my life or do I look for another will of God for uh, me? All right, all right, I think I... No, two, uh, two outside, different things. Outside of polygamy. Yeah. <laughs> two different things. <laughs> that's, that's outside the context. Well, we're talking about marriage. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So marriage is still part of the topic. Yes. Because I feel like Jesus, we're, we're giving polygamy... I get what, yes, what that she's question is actually serious. Our confusion, especially in the part of um, the world we are, starts with the type of wedding we do. We have three types of wedding where we have um, traditional wedding, um, church wedding, and um, legal or legal. Um, okay, let me ask you this simple question. What is a wedding? I'm, I'm going to have you say something on this question. I'm also going to have daddy say something. What is a wedding? Because, you know, we have traditional wedding, engagement, uh, court wedding, church wedding, and we have people who don't even do all those things. And I'm married. And that's what I said. That's, that's what a... is a wedding? Or what makes a marriage official? As a standard. <laughs> what makes a marriage official? Can we do traditional and just go to our houses can, or legal? Can, can, I, and can I butt in here? Yes, sir, you can. Unfortunately, most English dictionaries confuse the meaning of wedding and marriage as if they're the same. No, wedding is a ceremony. Marriage is the real business of a union under God. Now, the Bible in the Old Testament, book of Exodus, says that even without the traditional wedding, without going to the registry, without the blessing by the church or an ordained priest, a man who takes a woman, whether by rape or mutual consent, and sleeps with her, forces himself to be the husband of that woman. <laughs> and the Bible goes ahead to say <laughs> that from the moment you have had sex, you owe the father of that girl dowry. Oh boy. Oh yes. That's a lot. So how many people are how many people are actually single but married? 
Yeah. Because Let, if 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 we're like, going to quote like by what Daddy months. said now, no, not what Daddy said, what the Book of Exodus, the Word of God. Uh, uh, yes, says. you quoted scripture. You know, you know how how I applied this to the body of Christ and the issue of marriage and the abuse of what people do, especially in the prophetic industry. Oye Great was talking about when a mother calls her daughter and say, "Follow me." How many people do you have in your life? She's inadvertently saying to the girl, how many men are chasing you? Let's go to a prophet of God. This again is something God has not ordered that we practice in white garment churches. Let's, well, let's be the... clear. Let's be clear, sir. You mean going to a prophet to inquire about who to marry? About who to marry. It's not, in the, it's not biblical. But uh, the, I think there's a place in, in scripture where it says that the umim and turim, um, the two plates that the priests used to use to um, inquire of the Lord. Right, right, yes, yeah. that the, you know, people used to even, people used to ask the priest, even up to what woman to marry, you know, to know the let mind me, of God. Let me even help that. you. I was, I was discussing with um, says of some prophets and prophets and I said, um, most of the things um, this day prophets um, does especially in our food is the work of Holy Spirit. Oh, you mean the prophets do the work of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. assistant. We tend to be to parade ourselves, gods of men instead of men of God. Yes, <laughs> because um, it, it is clear, and that's that's the place of Holy Spirit to direct, to to guide, to tell you things. Now. I think we miss the place of spiritual leaders to the place of prophet and prophetess. Let me let us bring this to the context of marriage. Let's say I'm, I'm single and I'm trust I'm trusting God for marriage and the Lord I've prayed, the Lord um exposed or revealed things to me. And what I do is I um, go to my spiritual father, which is um Daddy Cage, for instance, and I okay, fine. I've been praying with um, about so so so, and this is what the Lord told me. As a father, is to guide me as a spiritual father, as Paul to Timothy, on what and what and what to do. But we have many young people in the fold who don't submit their leading. That's what he's addressing. They yes, don't submit they don't. their leading. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, <laughs> you see, you see, now, let me let me point your um, um your attention to two things that is happening in our fold that, that needs urgent. Thank God um, that the case is here. Uh, number one, we have, um, the, the ministers of God we have now are fatherless. Mm. Oh, you mean our mentors don't have mentors? Yes, they, they, are, they, have, uh, they don't have father, but they parade themselves as father because they have a lot of sons. And two is this, it is only, I think I might be wrong, and I think um, Evangelist Ekwala David says this, that it is only in Celestial Church of Christ you see anybody that can, anybody can preach. It doesn't happen elsewhere. In our food, immediately you have um, um, anointment to a particular um, rank or level. Then you can jump into a pulpit. And that's why we hear different things on our pulpit. But also, that's, that's, that might have its cons, but it also has its pros. Can I hear the... Um... Oh, well, personally, I think that allowing seasoned... That's not the topic of this uh, yeah, yeah, podcast. We just... but, you know, allowing seasoned preachers who might not be shepherds to preach might, you know, at certain times create fresh perspectives 
in the church. No, no, you're no, talking, no, 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 Okay. And being a lever, two different things. Being a minister, I understand the peculiarity of okay, our let, church. Okay, let me ask you a direct question, sir. Okay. Can God instruct you on who to marry? Oh, yes. Of course, yes. Which means that God can tell you, Joseph, or mommy, Actually, God tells you. Naturally. Because I actually heard a, a popular pastor say on TV, was it TV or social media? I don't know. That God never does that because he did it once with Adam and Adam fell his hand. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, and then, his understanding is limited. And he obviously. also he also said, he also said, if God, I think it should be... Don't mention a name, please. Okay. <laughs> Daddy said we should tone down the violence. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. because so of this particular issue. If, yes, I, I do understand. I understand that if, if God chose wives for people, Jesus would have been going about choosing wives for his disciples, but he didn't do that. All right, and so that justifies his. Claim. Let, let, let me clear that. All right, um, I'm a I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God, and um, I felt I there's some things I like to do. I want to involve my father. So when when I say God um tell me to do something, that tells us we have a relationship. And he's the um, author and the finisher, the alpha and omega. He knows everything. So I can actually go and meet my father. That I, I want to um, get a wife. Um, I need help. And he tells me what to do. I don't know if you are planning to see. So it, is not that, it is not every time that God says, especially when you have a... Thank you, Holy Spirit. I think um, if we get one thing right, um, this whole discussion will um, fall in shape. And that is the purpose of marriage. Okay. I, I, I believe we started from there, but then we, we dragged the elephant to the room. And let's, let's unleash the elephant for a while and go back to what it means to be married within the context of the kingdom of God. Now, um, the, the purpose of marriage is simply for kingdom advancement. It's not for happiness. Now, and that is the, another challenge. Now, answer people, my question. Yes, sir. yes, yes. This is where I'm, so, this because, how to answer the question. People make um, the benefit of marriage to its purpose. And that's why when the benefits are not um, visible, then um, problems start. So is it possible to be in a marriage ordained by God and not be happy? Of course. Yes. We have an instance in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord, you see, okay, let me quickly lay the foundation of what I'm about to share. Um... God can tell a man, this is who you must marry. He did that to Hosea. He's still doing it to people today. Now, Hosea was not the only prophet in his time, in his generation, but it was important to God because he specifically said, in the case of Hosea, I will do things with your marriage that will make the ears of Israel tingle. Our prayer, because he's our creator, our prayer is that God will not make us uh, a terrible example to others but because I mean, he chooses what he wants to do. But what he did with Hosea is not what he does with everybody. True. God does not intervene in all instances of marriage. This is who to marry. And that's why I say with confidence that marriage is never about Mr. Wright meeting Mrs. Wright. Marriage is about Mr. Available. 
meeting Miss Available. Now, that's why the bridegroom, no matter how many wedding receptions you have attended, the bridegroom is the one that takes the bride home, not the best man. That's why marriage is not for best people. It's not for perfect people. It's for people <laughs> who allow God to groom them and who say to God, allow me groom this woman I have chosen to marry. So that's the dynamic. That's God the dynamic grooms of the marriage. man and the man grooms the, the God grooms woman. the man if you allow him so that you groom your wife. Does that mean the bride can groom the groom? Is the groom already groomed by God? What is the primary completely? responsibility for God to have created Eve? It is not good for man to be, be alone. alone. I shall make for him a help. I love the KJV. It says, I will make for him a help meet. M-E-E-T. -E yeah. Then uh, more recent English turned out to help mate. Meat. It is meat. That is a woman who fits into the purpose of the man. And that's why you will hear a preacher like the Christ Embassy Geo, Pastor Chris, say that for you to get marriage right, the man is the one who has the predominant purpose. If he marries wrong, he will not marry his helpmate. So he's going to be frustrated, especially if he's a minister of the gospel. If he marries wrong and has not married his helpmate, the one he has married will constantly be a negative force in his commission. Like um, somebody said that if you marry the wrong person, you will struggle with the covenant, with your covenant with God. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you getting a help from a stranger. It's as simple as that. So in, in the situation whereby a man, which means that a man must know or find his purpose or his path before he before, thinks of even being yes, joined. That is the marriage. first thing. Correct. Does it apply to women me. also? To find um, what, purpose what before I tell going women okay. is a man comes to you because it's not a woman that finds a husband. It's a man that finds a wife. Yeah, but we, we live in an era where people, women too are uh, being encouraged to shoot their the, shots. You know, okay, you see, <laughs> have you, I, I wonder they are, sometimes, they are finding themselves. I wonder sometimes why God does not just do some of the things he did in the past. But you know, he's, a, he's, he's one of covenants. He says, I won't do it again. <laughs> Otherwise, everything is upside down in the world today. I agree, A sir. time will come, you'll not be able to call yourself a man. <laughs> and they will say you have... Uh, gone against a certain law. Yes. Okay. Yes. Gender so, is fluid now. But we are Christians. We are Celestians in mm, the in, yes. in the body of Christ, yes. and we must play by the manual of God to yes. get it right. Yes. All right. So that manual says, if you, as a woman, you've been approached by two, three different men, this is what I teach. Prayerfully date each one of them. Remove sex. Sex is not an option. So the dating is agape dating. You can go out on phone dates, go out on eatery dates, go out on movie dates. No touching, no fondling. With all of them. With all of them. And I say that with boldness. Sir, in situationship, on, it looks like on. cheating no, already. No, 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 Look. You like most, me and most, I'm going out with someone no, no, else. No, 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 no. Most, most... Um, Youthful relationships are sex-based. You understand? But once you put sex, it's like jaundice. It colors everything yellow. Mm. 
True, sir. But once you remove sex, See, there's clearly. nothing wrong with a young woman going to the movie with Kola today. Kola is a friend. Go to movie with Jide tomorrow. Jide is a friend. Look, the risk of not doing that is that you will never have a situation of waiting long enough to hear from God regarding Kola or Jide. So we because have Kola so will be the microcosm of humanity for you. So are you trying to say I can like Kola and Jide at the same time? Why not? Because that's not love. Like. Oh, probably should define the word like. Like, like, like. I like 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 like, like. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> because uh, we need so to we need to like, okay. okay you know we've had cases whereby a woman has had a, and it's not it's not gender specific I'm just this is just um, a woman has had sexual Several relations men. with five men and then she still wants God to, to speak to, to her. speak to her concerning who is my husband in this list many of them like like we said earlier would even go to prophets and say uh, will not come in, in a no, many of them would not will goes to that's what they do it, 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 for you them. to do such and go to God that tells you probably you have repented you see um, I think we are not um, mixing um, going to God and going to prophets as if they are, the as if they are going, to, um, going to God I see. because what I'm trying to say is this um, I think recently I taught um, the golden rule of Christian dating dating is dating dating is um being friends. And this is what I say. Um, when you treat every brother and, and, and sister or any, any person you see as a bro or sis, according to the Christian um, language, <laughs> then there will not be a problem. Who is your, who is uh, your truly, bro? Truly, you see, when sex is out of the picture, mm -hmm. everybody is rational. It's clean. In fact, yeah. bring every relationship <laughs> up now. Inject, once you inject that thing. Not, let, don't let us even say relationship. Let us bring some marriages. Remove money and sex. No, but they don't have any uh, other thing in to marriage, offer. In some marriages. Many, many people don't have Remove anything to offer. Remove money and sex. Then there's no other okay, thing. Okay, sir. But as, as, as people check integrity, finances, you know, ability to communicate, do you think checking okay. is not important? Based, based you know, on what you said. I check everywhere. I, I, I would argue that many things that we do today have really made the whole process become a travesty of what it used to be. Yes. Uh, what 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 we know from history, or the tales that we were told by elderly ones, like uh, Daddy seated here, was that if a man was interested in a woman, he he would not go and meet the woman directly. My dad, when he when he saw that he wanted to marry my mom, first sealed it with her dad, before he even came to meet her at all. Ah. Ah well. I don't like you, Uncle. Uh, that's, that's, that's a different case entirely. If you don't, weird. if you don't like him, it's a different case entirely. But okay. he he sought permission from your dad, so which means, yeah, co uh, consequently, the scrutiny is carried out by the parents, not even the girl, into the background of the man, whether he's a is a man from a um, reputable family. Joseph, can I say something? You know why we are having so much confusion these days? It is because um. We are having uh, a coming together of unbelieving, unbelieving believers. This thing is not a uh, coming together of unbelieving believers. And those that um, sorry, that's the word. Uh, those that parade themselves as a Christian, but the truth is, they are not. Because this um institution called marriage, if you are truly a child of God, that there's no reason why you have to read one round one 
um, reasons not to cheat. Because, <laughs> yes, because the Bible says, and co I'm commanded or admonish you as a man to love as Christ loved church. It's as simple, and you cannot do that unless you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within you. So you cannot. So which means that the dynamic that should be represented in marriage between the man and the wife is the dynamic between Christ, Christ and, and the, the church. church. That is it. And the dynamic from Christ to the church is sacrificial. Yeah. He laid his life down you can't, you can't, for the church. You can't claim you love something. Now, let us, let us make fun of some things. Um, I said I love a girl and I'm trying to have sex with her before marriage. And she said, um, no, wait. Um, we can't do this until our wedding. And, I, and I'm trying to pest her or trying to get other people around. Do you define that as love? If I love you, I will Some expect say, your opinion. I have to test the waters. I don't want to. And do, that is what I'm saying now. Let us <laughs> face, um, <laughs> Joseph, let us face but this. Let us face love, which waters. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what some people say. Yes. Now, I don't when it, to it tell doesn't what, what the Bible says. It that's doesn't. It. it doesn't consequently mean that I agree with what people say. Yeah, but at least but you're I, playing I, the I devil's <laughs> We have had situations in times past where, in certain, coming back to our phone now, the context of our phone, where people just pick themselves, impregnate themselves, and then we do a. Remedy wedding. Chop chop. I want to phone our lawyer. I check out the she, mommy, mommy, she, and then in the church that person wear cream color instead of white. The woman wear cream color. That's how you know that this bride is pregnant. And there are some denominations who, if they know that you people have had sexual relations before, um, the marriage, marriage they will not wed wed the couple. Now, do you think that is extreme? And in our own case, in our church. How do you think we can reverse this anomaly where people just take themselves, impregnate themselves, and then that's how we know that homage, you know? And there are people who would say, test the waters. So that you don't marry somebody who you are not sexually compatible with so or somebody who cannot satisfy you sexually mm -hmm. or so that you can know if the woman is fertile. Uh, let me, let me um, answer by the, your last word. There's no, nothing like sexual compatibility. You understand. Um, the design of let us go back to the, uh, the beginning. The design of God, as a as a marriage counselor, we have several cases, and I've he you heard this word that my wife is not good on bed, or my husband is not good on bed, and so like that. And the reason why you hear such a thing is because one person is judging his or her spouse by his or her years of experience. Oh, so what you're trying to tell us now oh. is that somebody's coming into the marriage with a sexual experience of probably seventy PhD. years. Yes. <laughs> And he's, he's coming into the marriage with somebody who has not even finished primary school. Uh, primary school. <laughs> now, but, but the design of God is that both of you, marriage should be honorable and bed on the fire. So both of you being a virgin, coming together and having an experience, there's no years of experience. You don't In know if somebody starts for you or not. All right, so to quickly, uh, do you think um, pregnancy is a free visa to marriage? Or do you think she should have the baby outside wedlock and go on with her life or do you think they have to be joined together? You see, as a counselor, it depends on the case. Okay. Okay, so I think we'll continue from this when we come back from the break. <laughs> yeah. 
Celestial Perspective Podcast, bringing you a fresh perspective on the Celestial Church of Christ. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Celestial Perspective Podcast. I want to start by asking my co-host, my beautiful co That was nowhere we were. That was nowhere Yeah, we I know. I've not, lost, I've not lost the train of thought, <laughs> but I'm still going to ask you. I want to ask you. So, are you, are you single? I'm not married. Okay. So, what's your definition of single? How many definitions? Does I want have? to know. Am I taking? Am I in a relationship? Am I single? If I'm, if it's, if it's to okay, say let's start from single, let's start from the dichotomy: single or married. Single. Okay, now let's let's pick single and highlight single. Okay. Engaged in a relationship. Single, single. Situationship. Situationship. That one is another branch. So, Part which one? Of it. I'm not engaged. You are, you are cutting the corners, but I, I, I free you for the moment. <laughs> all right, so we were talking about, um, you know, pregnancy before marriage and all that. Now, we, we want to bring this home a little bit, and I'm going to start with Daddy Cage. Um, why is it that in our fold, uh, as many would say, although I think it has improved, you know, tremendously now in the past couple of years, why is it that we have a myriad of child christening, but... Very, very minuscule events of wedding, the church. All right. Um, thank you very much, Joseph. Why is one, we consciously or unconsciously promote single parenthood instead of promoting the ideals of marriage? Uh, as a church, we don't frown at husband mar uh, worshipping in a parish different from the parish where his wife worships. That will not happen in uh, a serious Orthodox or Pentecostal church. The pastor will call you and find out why are you so not why is your worshiping wife not together. This, so this the young ones don't see the promotion of couples in their parishes. So they are not persuaded to be couples too. We also promote um, child naming over and above marriage, which is why uh, a girl seeking refuge in church can get pregnant and nobody, nobody is dissing her. They are not um, scolding her. They are supporting her to give birth to the baby and if she's jobless and the young man who put her in the family way is also jobless, the church thinks nothing of rushing to the market to buy seven fruits. So is it an extreme remedy to say, we don't know the father of this baby or this baby was had out of wedlock and so no, we saying, are not no, I'm saying going to christen this child like some churches do? Systematically, we are promoting this thing. So we need to identify these red flags and change the narrative. Now, I'm not saying that a child born out of wedlock should be thrown out. You know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, no, no. But our, our liturgy says, for instance, that uh, our child's naming, it should be a celebration for the church. So you remove the celebration so that people who bring babies into the world without the due diligence of Know marriage, that it, it won't be ceremonious. Exactly. And I like how the national headquarters, Makoko, how they do it sometimes. They force you to come and do your child naming at 6 a.m. in the in morning. In the morning. For away the sake of, away but, from prying eyes so that they're not telling the church 
that we endorse this. Okay. We Beautiful. still name the child. A prophet will, or prophetess will carry the child, but there'll be no famzine around it. That way, people will begin to say, I want to do the honorable thing. I want to make my parents proud of me. And I thank God that in the last 10 years or so, ministries have come up intentionally promoting marriage. In the fold. Another thing that, uh, that is against marriage, why young people are not so given to it in our church, is because we don't even conduct this ceremony with dignity. They say, okay, it's the district evangelist that, has, that will come and conduct the marriage. Everybody is in church. The district evangelist comes late. Then he comes late. People who have been waiting one whole hour. You said the wedding will start at 10. He comes in at sometimes in around uh, 11.30. And then he takes the microphone and inside the church and say, oh, yeah, 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 everybody. Bo hey, boss, I, boss, I, boss, I, boss. <laughs> you know why and this is funny? Honestly, I've witnessed it firsthand. It's almost like a movie playing in my head. That, that thing does not make the wedding ceremony honorable. So people don't desire it. Or whoever is put in charge of the wedding is a known and celebrated polygamist. But in the last 10, 15 years, the narrative is changing. People are now telling their shepherd, uh, if it's a district evangelist that is coming, my daughter will not wed in our parish. Because the district evangelist is a polygamist. I don't want a polygamist to, lay hands. to come and lay hands. <laughs> People are now becoming intentional. So the narrative is changing. I saw a wedding where you officiated and it was in a garden, a celestial wedding. I mean, when I saw it, I said to myself, this is what I want. Oh, you liked it? So you see... Some... I, I write it down. Joseph, be sure to ask me to come to your wedding. I will. I'll sir. remind you we'll do Definitely. it. Definitely. So are you, are you single or married? Yes, I am. I am um, single. I, I, I was at the wedding. <laughs> you see, that wasn't very he, difficult he to answer. You. He saved you. Wait, <laughs> he saved you. Was that very difficult for me to answer? You said you are, Miss, I said, I'm, okay, are you in a situationship or a relationship? I'm not a, in anything. I am not in anything. Not in any shape. You are single to the core. In any shape I, I, are you completely I, single? I am single as single, the single, single digits from zero to nine. Are Does that do it for you? Probably I should help you ask him. Okay, sir. Thank you. Are you completely single? Completely, sir. Are you alone or, or lonely? <laughs> I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are people keeping your comp? What do you mean by you're not? Which one is All keeping right, Don't worry. Let's continue. <laughs> I was at a wedding, um, I think last month. Okay. And um, I had two people that followed me to witness um, Celestia wedding. In, here in Lagos, um, very popular church. Um, the wedding is to start by 10 a.m. We did not start until, I think, around to 12. And that's not the, the main point. When the officiating minister came, and that was the first time, and that was my first experience in Celestial Church of Christ's wedding, officiated a wedding offhand. He was doing everything, the joining, the whole by heart, everything by heart. In a celestial food. Bible reading. You must have done it several times. No, not accurately. I'm oh, telling okay, you. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's good to emphasize. You he was, was just trying to, to probably forgot. Um, you know, when you don't do things um often, mm. there are always a, a place of a particular book or a particular. So we're just trying to patch it. Patch some things, say some things, add revival to 
Wait. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. So, so I was. I think I think we have we have concluded or we we have come to you know the unanimous conclusion that as much as wedding ceremonies are not as important as the marriage itself, it is good to make it attractive. Very good. I think we, what Very we need good. to uh, advocate is let uh, thank God um, that case is here. Let the um, pastoral in council set up and a body that will see to the marriage system. Are you sure there is none? It, there might be one, but it might be dormant or comatose. <laughs> right, well, um, I think um, easier to... Okay. Um, what you have said brings me back to the core of where we started. Um, I have not seen anywhere in Africa or indeed in the world a phenomenon like late Pastor S.B. Joshua, the man who uh, woke up over 20-something dead people in his lifetime. You know, that's, that's, that's one of our topics. Saw, who saw the color of his casket and wore the robe gold in his last outing in Makoko. A man who told General of his General. daughter that when they're taking my body back home, the crowd will be so much, they'll be trampling upon themselves. Therefore, tell my son, who then was a highly placed police officer, to make sure that there are many policemen to control the crowd. Remember the now, book in which that, that was stated? You gave me for free many years ago. Do you God remember? God bless you. <laughs> I had the opportunity of reviewing his book. Mm. He was a polygamist. Yes, he was. But not by design. Mm. He was a polygamist before he became the head of the celestial church. Yes. He had gone through a catechist reverend father in the Methodist setting in his young adulthood. All right? And then, don't forget that he became progenitor of the celestial church and founder at the age of 38. Yes. So shortly before then, his first wife was childless. Yes, she was. This was a man deeply rooted in the traditions of Nigeria and Republic of Benin. Yes. So it was important for him to have a child. All right? And we cannot begrudge him that. Yeah, yeah, man. So Abby? he went to a friend of his who was not a celestial and was not a Christian. This thing is on tape. And he shared with him his problem without having a child. And that one said, there's nothing wrong with you. It is the woman that you're expecting a child from that cannot give you a child. And his friend gave him a virgin, his own daughter. This was before his encounter with God? This was before the, the founded celestial church by his hands. Okay. 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 So he was a polygamist before, before he, he became was called. a church yes. planter. Yes. That's why I say that no shepherd can claim that polygamist, the polygamist of Papa Shofa is responsible for his own polygamy. So, but how about people who would it's say not justifiable. that, okay, he was a polygamist before he was called of God to plant the church. How about afterwards? Why most, did... most of his marriages I'll, I'll came I'll afterwards. Ex I'll explain this. Right. I'll explain this. You know, I said about polygamy, he said it too, that let the polygamist first accept I've made a mistake as a polygamist. Don't come and justify it. It is within 
the um, jurisdiction and authority of God to question and query his son, SBJ Oshofa. But God ensured because the many lives in his hands under his commission could not be allowed to fall apart. God still allowed him to be able to perform all those miracles that made the commission spread. But I'll tell you what, I have it on good authority and I'll not mention the name. A daughter of Papa Oshofa told me, one day I ministered about and against polygamy. Afterwards, she, she called me and said, Uncle, you're correct. I believe if my father had lived much longer, he would have corrected polygamy for shepherds and celestial church. That's from an Oshofa child. She also said that our more Oshofa, Lamo, the ill, see polygamy costs, you know, household war. We are the ones who know mm. the negativity that polygamy can bring. So we can't justify polygamy by any stretch of our imagination, whether it's one successful shepherd because he's shepherd over a cathedral that has rich people. Their funding is awesome. So the there metric of success now is, is what we see Before you in the ministry. His polygamy, go and ask his wives what yeah. they are going through. Go mm. and ask his children what they are going through. Mm. Mm. There's no justification at all. It's not part of God's plan. Even if we see God tolerating us as polygamists. Coming back, coming back to the letter of Paul to Titus that a, a bishop must be a man, a man of one wife. one wife. And not even stop there. He must be able to teach his own family. If you cannot get it right at home, don't mm. come out and be gallivanting. Right, mm. right. Yeah, but you know, we, we were in climes where a lot of people have their homes in disarray, but they are leaders of... Leaders of foes. Everybody is using cosmetics to All cover right, so, so coming back to our topic, we also have a very, very pressing issue at hand, and that is divorce. So do we think that legal marriage in the first place is saying, oh, God cannot handle my marriage. I, I give it to the government to handle for me. Or is saying, oh, this woman, I think she wants to rip me. She wants to take half of my shares in old age. She wants to divorce. She's doing legal marriage to intentionally divorce at the end of the day. So what's, the, what's, the, what's your perspective on legal marriage as a Christian and your perspective on divorce when the marriage gets unbearable or... Thank you very much. The fact that our Lord Jesus Christ would say that um, you don't divorce a woman until you give her a paper of divorce shows that even as far back as then, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus understood the need for humanity to not just solemnize in church a marriage, but to also legalize it. All right? Because without it, even pastors will not be, they will not try at all to be faithful in their marriages, even pastors. So the legal instrument is like something that cuts. Check. But you know what? No matter how cleverly laws are crafted, human beings are designed to want to cheat the law. So people want to take advantage of every law. In, in the Western world, there's affirmative action in favor of women. That's why women who want to cheat the system will look for a rich man, marry him, because at the end of the day, all they want is half of what he's made. All right? 
You will not find that in the Bible. So whether you are a Christian in America, in Celestial Church, in a Catholic Church, or an Orthodox Church, your challenge is, do you want to live your life and run your marriage by the manual of God? Or do you want to take advantage of the system? I have sons and daughters that were raised here in Nigeria who now live and work abroad in a situation where almost everything is centered around use credit card, borrow money. But they took their Nigerian mentality there that they will not buy anything they cannot afford. They will not buy on credit. So you can choose not to take advantage of a slanted human canal system and choose to just live in God's economy, live by God's principles. We can do that. Can Chris, I'm going to ask you a very straight question. Should Christians or, you know, believers. in the context of our church, believers, okay. <laughs> Should they sign prenuptial agreements? All right. Um, the foundation of every civilization is family. And the, the foundation of every family is marriage. So um, if what we are seeing is not um, too good, uh, it is traceable to marriage. So what I'm trying to say is this. I think the first thing we need to understand is uh, who are these people coming together to marry? Why am I saying this? I've gotten several cases of different type of marriages on my table. And there's a unique part of being a believer. When I say a believer, um, a child of God. When I say a child of God, trying to use my word carefully. Don't want, you see, I don't know what happens to born again and Celestian. I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say. You get what I'm saying? Uh, you are saved. Now, if you are saved, there was never two in marriage. There's only one. The two will become one. So there's no reason to cheat. There's nobody to cheat. If you cheat her, you're cheating yourself. That is what I'm saying. Can six become one? <laughs> well, the, Bible, the Bible says, says uh, two will become... Now, let us even go back to the beginning. Let's go back to the book of Genesis. Now, can you um, envisage the... Uh, or try and play to this movie, this um, generation movie. What happened between Adam and Eve? And the, grief, uh, the great error Eve committed. You know... There was a time I was trying to play, you know, there's a way you read the Bible and you're trying to um, um, visualize it like a movie in your head. Like you find, I've been a God on head, that's Adam. I'm in charge of everything. Whatever I say becomes uh, law or words. I named everything. And here comes a, and help me. That makes me, I'm fall off of my standard. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to paint this picture in this um, generation. What do you think I will do as an African man? Like I am a king. Let me use this. There's a, a word in Yoruba. I don't know how strong it is. Like um, derope me of being a king. And you expect me to still stick with you. Stick with you. But the next chapter <laughs> said, and Adam knew his wife, Eve. So if it's that one that you are saying. That's, ah, that's a lot. You know, yeah, well, the new, I want to talk about the new, the new that Adam knew his wife. Yeah. You know, daddy, daddy would agree with me that they tell married couples that no matter 
how heated an argument that you have. Just make sure you sleep beside each other. <laughs> Who says so? Uh, counselors, counselors like you, sir. <laughs> Joseph is always saying they said. Yeah, I'm the they said yesterday. Why do you think somebody will wake up um, at midnight and stab his, his partner? And I personally don't blame Eve for what happened in the garden, sir. Because the instruction was given to Adam and I think that's, that's another perspective. It's too. another topic for another day. <laughs> and that's why um, um, that case said that it her. is the responsible, uh, responsibility of a man to bring to date your helpmate on your purpose. And that is why every man needs to understand destiny and purpose before you choose who... Yeah, yeah you're correct, sir. Conclusively, All right. I support I'm... prenuptials. You do. <laughs> okay, so okay. let's pause our conclusion. <laughs> Please. You see, it's not the in the Bible a prenuptial agreement per se, but it's in the Bible. Shall two come together unless they agree? Sir, please, so before you go on, what's a prenuptial agreement? A prenuptial agreement is what safeguards the man from losing half his property to the woman. Okay. In case of severance from, the, from If you the want marriage. to go your way, you will not lay claims to my property. Okay. And most women who have that at the back of their minds will not sign it. Mm. Therefore, they will not get married. Mm. So a prenuptial is biblical and unbiblical. Now, you know, human evolution throws up so much. And even when we think that we are thinking it on our own, as long as we are thinking it prayerfully, we will still find hidden in the word of God what will help us find a solution to something the world has created as a problem. Yes. That's why I support prenuptials. One thing about prenuptial agreements is if we say prenuptial agreements, if, if we say that it is not biblical, the laws that split the properties of men in two when they sever from their wives, is that one biblical? So a lot of people are just using these things to protect themselves. But ideally, Ideally, I'm still going to gravitate towards what you said earlier, that these two coming together, do they even know themselves? Mm. Do they know themselves? But, you know, we live in a world that is very awkward. So conclusively, Daddy mentioned, you know, Hosea. Yeah. And his, his prostitute, his prostitute wife. wife. You know, this was God, you know, illustrating to the children of Israel that I hate divorce. Oh, yes. And. Oh, yes. Um. Irrespective of how deplorable Even when you, you been, think you have every reason yeah. to divorce. So a point she went back to her brothel and continued her show business. And God told her, see how it was a go and get her back. back. So I think people are not doing enough to avoid divorce. They just leave their marriages at the whim of any discomfort or problem. Soft mm. life. I think, I think, um, Be because church. before you say something, sir, because of the perspective that we have created about marriage now, that it needs to be rosy. It needs to be smooth. The mm. minute you sense any form of discomfort, discomfort just they go. make it easy for you to, 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 you know, create a severance between the husband and the wife. Let everybody go their own way. And so that's why we have a, a, the guidance of scripture that except in the context of uh, adultery, personally, I add to people and domestic violence. Uh, yes, somebody asked me that, okay, my husband did not commit adultery, but he used to beat me. Should I leave him? Okay, sir, if somebody came to you and I, asked... I, I even consider domestic violence a bigger reason for divorce it is, uh, than... I think it's bigger. I would not immediately advocate divorce. 
mm. I would advocate separation mm. and see if the brain of the man could be reset. If he can mm. go into rehab himself, go for therapy, realize that beating a woman is a mental health issue, yeah. Yeah. then there's room for them to come, come back together. together. Yeah. We should not be quick on divorce at all. The Christian thing is marriage should be for a lifetime. And I think that is the place of the church. Um, the church needs to do um, more for the institution of marriage. Now, why do I say that? Um, can anybody genuinely submit to the um, leadership of that cage and have an issue of divorce? Why? Because you have been taught, brought up in the ways of the Lord, understanding what it is and what it takes to be first a child of God, then a husband. So what I'm trying to say is this. I think we need to put more to the, uh, the teaching ministry in our church. You see, um, we are all a product of what we know. If you see a man saying, eh, God said, uh, God told me I should marry the second one, he might be seeing what he wants to see. Mm. What is my let, me, let me create a picture of a, a particular thing that happened to me. The Lord told me about a particular um, brothers and sisters that they should not do an, an elaborate wedding. The Lord told me that if it happens, and these are the dangers based on their like they have a danger of not getting pregnant. Mark Barrio. Now, but because of but the sir, grace before of you God, go, yeah. let me quickly ask. When you finish, you answer this one. Okay. Why is it that when they want to do burial, nobody <laughs> says Mark Barrio? Why is it that when you want to do wedding, oh my, Mark Barrio, Mark Barrio? It's, it's just the fear of the unknown. That's all. Mm. Yeah, and I'm going to answer that your question with a, a personal testimony. I think I told you. And uh, the issue here is now, why I'm trying to um, um, open our eyes to the teaching ministry is this. Now, what the Lord told me, I understand it by the grace of God. And I know what to do. Now, if I am uh, uh, the usual prophet, the message will be get pregnant before you marry. And that, that was not what God said. So what do I do? I have to call them, counsel them on the reason why wedding is not necessarily um, flamboyant. flamboyant ceremony. Oh, this and this is what the Lord said. Call your parents, do this. And that was done and we were blessed. Now, to the other part of Mark Mariwo and not Mark Mariwo, I think there are some things that um, this generation will call um, norms. It is common in our fold. For instance, any, any um, fear girl is automatically, um, you know, Elegbe. you understand. Like, <laughs> to Yimbu, Okay. Okay. All right. Now, so let, let me just answer your question um, with my personal testimony. I, I got married very, very late. Um, he knows my father very well. Um, and he's my spiritual father. And to, to the glory of God, he doubled to be my um, father-in-law. Married his daughter by the arrangement of God. Anyway. Now, I was abused at the age of nine. What did you say? I was abused at the age of nine. Sexually abused wow. at the age of nine. I, I come from a polygamous home. I come from a royal family. And um, by my half-sister anyway. So the experience for me when it comes to sex has not been that good while I was growing up. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for um, encounter. 
Now, what I'm trying to say is this. Before um, I grew up in faith, I think I have 10, 12, 15 years of sexual experience. So when God wanted to have it after um, maturity. You mean before your marriage? You had yes. 12 years uh, of yes, yes. Not, sexual experience. Not even before I got married. Before I met Jesus. Okay. Before I became born again. Before I okay. became born again, you understand. So when God wanted to have it, um, he gave me a wonderful um, daughter of his and a virgin. She was a virgin? Yes. Ah. Now, so, so you were coming into the marriage with a PhD. So to say, but you know, the Bible says, even in Christ. <laughs> why do you say her? I, I hear that word, but why did you say her? Ah. We are here. Somebody can learn. Why do you say her? That I don't <laughs> deserve a virgin? God. Situationship. God is. When you, are you saying I don't deserve Oh, oh, you say it with your full chest. No, 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 no. <laughs> because God is God. God. No, she, she, you miss it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this God can do wonder, right? That's why it's God. I see you. That's why it's God. 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 Let me just wrap up this, my chest. Now, when we, um, the Lord help us to conceive and um, my wife asked this word that um, I can't um, give birth to piano around. We know uh, there's been something that we all know. So um, she can't give birth if you are not physically around. Around, yes. Uh, so, is it because she doesn't want to, or it just happens that way? I don't know where that is coming from, but you know, uh, the women with different. Um, so um, unfortunately, when he's trying to um, during when he fought to labor, I was not around. I went for a program, so she has labored for like two days. But I come back, so uh, she was unable to um, deliver herself. herself. So uh, we have to this go for CS. So she insisted that I have to be in the theater. And the doctor permitted it. And thank God he did. And I was there. The doctor was trying to show me a lot of things inside the um, stomach, which I don't know. And this is where I'm going. The doctor said, my wife don't have an ovary. So how did she conceive? A virgin. Does he have a... the, the reason why I lay emphasis a virgin on virgin without is, an ovary. Yes. If, he might, uh, if she's not a virgin, you might say probably she has done uh, yeah, abortions. abortions and, no, she's a virgin. That would have been very stereotypical. And there are a lot of you just now, imagine you know why do I, I, I say this testimony if I have been told to get pregnant before, before marriage you will never get married now this not let us even say I, it yes, happened now this hard. is the, the irony of it that baby was a boy we gave it to him on Thursday and on Wednesday to the Thursday of the Christianity the boy died oh you mean this same baby this same singular baby that came by miracle oh. died and that was uh, the loss of hope for our marriage that would have uh, predicated so if I have a second on, marriage in some other cases yeah if I have sit on get pregnant before I get married that's an open door for me to get another wife because the reason of getting uh, married is not now after three four years I think four years um, I was praying preparing for a particular message and this is why I'm saying who do you listen to I think the Lord told Abraham who told you are you listening to God Adam. or other voices Yes. Now, I was given a message and I was listening to one of them, um, I think it was David's message. It's sort of something. And I heard these scriptures, John 63. This is not the first time I read these scriptures. The word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And that word became life in my spirit and I was asking the Holy Spirit, are you saying your word can give birth? And the Holy Spirit replied that, what brought you forth in the first place? If not my word. If not my word. So I caught the revelation Put a call through my wife. She was not around. She was in Abuja, an experienced place then. That um, you are pregnant today in Jesus' name. And lo and behold, some weeks later, 
we got confirmation of that pregnancy and we have a daughter. Did you Zara. catch that? Yee! Did you? That's a no, testimony. No, I think I think it's important that I I I do a recap. <laughs> right. He caught the revelation from scripture, called his wife and said, "What did you say? I impregnate you." You, in you the are pregnant, not are you okay, you <laughs> are I cannot. Joseph. You <laughs> are pregnant today. <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ. Boy. And that word brought us Zion. And two years after I was at Trinity Tabernacle in um Lagos here, yeah? um, Marshall Church. It was a Sunday, um, February 14th, precisely. They were having a, um, a marriage um, seminar. So I was, I was invited, Day. Valentine's Day. I was invited to minister. I was ministering, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of that testimony to share it. If anybody has a faith to key into that, I was sharing that. And in my spirit, I heard this word that you have what it takes mm. to get your baby. And I said, Church, I'm using you as a witness today that my wife is pregnant today, February 14th. Another one. And October 2nd, that same year, he gave us Zoe, a boy. Ah. Miracle babies. Zion and Zoe. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Wow. So what I'm trying to say God is, is this. Great. Because those that know they are God shall be stronger. Those that know they are God. Yes, sir. Not those that know several prophets. Mm. So what I'm trying to say is this. And this issue of prophet and prophet in our food, I think you will be, you will be um, addressed the way you are. Prophet also says now, when they know you are a Bible scholar, mm. they don't just give you um, an essential prophet that's and prophecy. True. But when you, when, well, when they that's know, true. When they know <laughs> that's true. you are also looking for Ongbono, they will give you, they will serve you. Give you Ongbono. So right. it's just what, what drives us. Is it All the right, word sir. or... Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was that was a mind blowing testimony from Prophet Oye Great. Thank you so much, Daddy KH, for being here on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Prophet Oye Great, for being here on the show. It's a privilege. And a big thanks to my co-host Joseph Enrile. Thank you for <laughs> for doing this with me. <laughs> Thank you so much. And a big um, shout out to all our sponsors, our supporters. Thank you so much for helping us go on this this um, eye-opening journey. And that wraps it up for today's episode of the Celestial Perspective Podcast, which brings you fresh perspective on the Celestial Church of Christ. Thank you so much for joining us. We love you and we hope to see you in the next episode. Signing out as Oyin Kosola with my co-host, Joseph Enrile. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.